Welcome to the MBG Podcast. Let's fire everybody. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 37 of the Message Board Geniuses Podcast. This is Who's. I've got Casey Joy and MBG. We have made it to August, which means we've got college football this month. With that in mind, we thought we'd go around the horn here and have a little discussion about teams that each of us thinks might overachieve and underachieve this coming season. So, Casey, you want to kick it off for us? I cheat every week, Who's. You know that. My overachiever this year, I think, is going to be Rutgers. And it's really just because I want to give Rutgers love. You know, MBG goes on another show. He's ripping apart Rutgers. So I said, they're going to overachieve this year. (laughs) (laughs) And overachieve for Rutgers was six wins. And I did their schedule. They have Temple, Virginia Tech, Michigan, Wagner, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Indiana, Ohio State, Iowa, Penn State, Maryland. Somehow, someway, there's going to be six wins in there. I'm not sure who they are. There's going to be six wins. So Rutgers is my overachiever. Gavin Wimsat, the new quarterback, former four-star from Kentucky. I think they're going to be good. Do you want my underachievers too? Oh, oh, oh. oh. Strap in, boys and girls. I thought you were giving us a dramatic pause there before you (laughs) moved on. I might keep that dramatic pause in. We'll see. Uh, (laughs) My underachiever are going to be pretty obvious, I think. Florida State, that's the obvious one. They open with Louisiana State University. (laughs) Woo-woo! Then they play Southern Miss. They play Boston College, and then they play Clemson. They very easily could be two and two in their first four weeks. And after they're two and two, I I just see Florida State and their history after Bobby Bowden just imploding from in, from within. I also have South Carolina. South Carolina is getting a lot of love, and yes, my bias is showing here. But which which Spencer Rattler will we get? Will we get the first nine weeks Spencer Rattler, or will we get the Tennessee Spencer Rattler? Because contrary to popular belief, even though they did beat Clemson in, in week whatever, 31-30, he was not great. He was good. He was not great. He threw two really bad picks in that game. So I just don't – I'm not believing the hype. They don't have a running back. They just moved a tight end to athlete to running back. And they have a former quarterback playing running back. So anyway, not to get in the X's and O's and my extreme bias, but I think South Carolina is going to underachieve. And then also my last one is Notre Dame. They're giving way too much love to Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman's a great quarterback, but I just don't think – I really, truly believe this, and, and please rip me apart if I'm wrong. Wake Forest wide receivers were head and shoulders better than Notre Dame's wide receivers. Notre 1, Dame do, do not like yeah. that. They do not like to hear it. But even just look at the numbers. I know numbers aren't everything. Remember they had Drew Pine at quarterback last year. I just don't think that Sam Hartman's going to get them to the next level like they believe that they're going to do. And are they running that slow mesh offense that Wake has been running? I mean, that's a that's a <laughs> offense tailored to a very specific skill set. So I don't I mean, think I, they, I, Hartman could be very good, but it'll just be interesting to see if he makes that transition. I don't think they're system. going to because he wants to prove prove because that doesn't play in the NFL. So he wants to prove himself as a NFL prospect. He can't play that offense. I mean, there was an ACC quarterback last year who had a huge year two years ago and 
moved into a pro type offense. It didn't do as well. <laughs> I don't know there if you're you familiar with that, but <laughs> I, I've watched him play a lot of games. And I believe his name's State. Armstrong. <laughs> so. He's a lefty. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right, Joy, what do you got? I'm going to get so much love from my overachiever <laughs> this week. I think my overachiever, I am picking Clemson to overachieve. I not really hearing a lot about them. And I think the Garrett Riley hire was so huge and no one's talking about it. And I think he comes in and really lights a fire under that offense. And I think they're back to like being a, a heavy, heavy contender. I'm with Casey about Florida State underachieving too. So I think the ACC is theirs for the taking. So yeah, Clemson is my overachiever. My underachiever, I am going to get a lot of hate for this, but I'm just mentally and emotionally. <laughs> um, I have two. Both are SEC schools. So for everyone that thinks I'm an SEC homer, I am, but that's beside the point. I think Tennessee is going to underachieve. I think very similar to how Casey's talking about Spencer Rattler. I think we have the same questions about Joe Milton. He's won starting jobs twice and lost them twice. We didn't see a ton from him last season. Everyone's basing his one performance versus Clemson as the – standard in which we're rating him by and I'm just not certain that that's actually the Joe Milton that you're going to get so I'm not solely convinced that they're going to be that good they also lost a ton of talent in the offseason so I think Tennessee is going to underachieve and then this one's really going to be a bold take I personally think Georgia is going to underachieve I I think what they help hear me out <laughs> hear me out because I already see the facial expression <laughs> the regular season schedule they should win out I think the struggle with them is that they don't have a ton of difficult games going into the postseason. And everyone is already checking off this three-peat situation. And the reality is, is that the odds are that the three teams that go in the playoff outside of Georgia are going to be a lot more battle-tested than Georgia is. I mean, honestly, in all actuality, most people think their hardest game is going to be the SEC championship. So I just think that you're not going to actually really know who Georgia is until very, very late in the season. And though – a three-peat is obviously possible. Usually in these kind of situations, when you're supposed to win three in a row, something happens and you don't. So I'm not saying Georgia can't win at all. I'm just saying I don't think that it's probable that they do. And because everyone set this insane standard that they're three-peating and there's no question about it, I personally think they're going to underachieve. But it's just my opinion. I take. just can't imagine being in a situation where if you don't three-peat, you're <laughs> underachieving. Like, I totally agree, and I get your point, but, like, man, that would be a nice place to be, right? <laughs> They're not going seven and five. I'm going to call that right now. <laughs> no, I don't think so. All right, MBG. Well, you guys keep stealing my teams, but for my underachievers, I had Casey mentioned South Carolina. I don't think South Carolina is going to live up to the hype this year. they got a pretty tough schedule, too. Um, the other one, Joy, I think is LSU. I think LSU is going to underperform and also Tennessee. I think those three teams are going to underachieve this year. Um, <laughs> she's leaving. I know. And <laughs> it's a good thing that she's leaving because on, on my overachiever, I'm going to say Texas A&M. I think Texas A&M is going to be super good this year. And then schedule wise, it's pretty manageable for an SEC schedule. So I would say Texas A&M. I think they're going to be really good. I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't in the, the SEC championship game, Joy. If you don't get out of here with that bold take. them. I don't even give a crap if I say LSU's going to underachieve because that doesn't bother me. But the A&M, but I'm, I have to be nice. I was told I'm too mean. So 
I didn't even talk about it. <laughs> Let's revisit this in December. He last week he picked Texas. So that's going to be really good this week. A and M. He's a he's a Texas homer. He really is. I mean, like I get it. You, I mean, I could have dogged Utah State. I mean, they're going to underachieve just like they've done since their conception. No, but... you can't underachieve if there is no achievement to that's under. Fair. It's mathematically. That's the thing with UVA. It's mathematically impossible. Our over under is three and a half. We're not going to underachieve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I I did this. I looked at the lines on every team and I just picked five. And if you want to make bank, just do the opposite of whatever I say right now, because (laughs) I'm a historically terrible sports gambler for overachieving. I've got Texas over nine and a half. I think they're going to win 10 games and uh, Nebraska over six, I think is easy money this year. I think rules got them going in the right direction. Tennessee. I've got under nine and a half. I I agree with you guys. I just don't, I, I don't believe in Milton. They don't have, you know, a particularly easy schedule. And I just, I could easily, and I mean, they could win nine games and have a good year, but I just, I, I think some of the hype they're getting is just a little inflated. Miami under seven and a half is another one that I've got. I do not think Miami is back. And then just because I want to be spiteful, Virginia Tech under five and a half, they're going to win four <laughs> games. <laughs> Why does everyone else get to be spiteful and I have to behave? It's what, it's nice funny, who's it's <laughs> funny, who's I have I when I wrote out the schedule for Rutgers that I was talking, I have check marks by games I think they're going to win, and week two against Virginia Tech is a check mark. So I, I don't know why, I just think <laughs> my hometown Rutgers boys are going to beat Virginia Tech too. I'm I'm telling you all, they are beating. I said this last week, they are beating their chests unlike any three win team I've ever seen in my life, and if they lose to Rutgers. I'm going in on Virginia Tech Twitter. I'm just telling, I'm telling y'all right now. I can't wait. <laughs> Rutgers is going to beat awesome. Virginia Tech and lose to Wagner two weeks later. I mean, that's just what. God, oh God, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a little tough last year. So Virginia Tech lost to ODU, and I, I had the powder in the gun, ready to fire off. And I was like, Oh, we still have to play ODU. Maybe I'll you know, hold back on that. And we almost, we should have lost to them. So it, it gets a little tricky when your team's not very good, but this year I'm just taking the approach that I don't care what my team does. I'm, I'm firing off any chance I get. <laughs> I love it. Petty who's is my All favorite. Right. Who's <laughs> get petty every once in a while. All right. Next up, we have our mailbag question. This week's question comes to us from friend of the podcast, Andy a, and he asks, uh, who is playing each of you in the MBG podcast movie? Each person has to supply answers for the other three. So this was tough for me. I don't know about you guys, but Casey, were you able to come up with anything? Yeah, but it's so surface. Um, I was a little disappointed in my selections, but but I think they fit. So I went with Samuel L. Jackson for who's. <laughs> <laughs> why is Joey laughing so hard people are going to be so confused which is awesome <laughs> well it's really because he played nick fury in the in those movies and he wore an eye patch and he and he killed it like you yeah. so <laughs> nick That's so awesome. because of the nick fury connection samuel yep. l jackson for who for who's for mbg i went with ryan gosling because 
MBG is America's sweetheart on Twitter. I mean, really, <laughs> he just makes everyone come together. You know, no one can dislike MBG just the way no one can dislike Ryan Gosling. So <laughs> that was my choice there. And then for Joy, I went with Reese Witherspoon. She's the mother of our group, our group of misfits. And Joy's played a lot of roles on this show, as well as Reese Witherspoon plays a lot of roles as well. And she demands attention on the screen. <laughs> I think it's a well, hell of a movie I've already. I've been called thirsty by many of our listeners. So. <laughs> That's right. All right, Joy. My turn. Who did you cast? Okay. I, this was so fun. Okay. So I'm going to start with who's because he was my favorite because it just immediately came to me. I cast Will Ferrell as who's because no one has ever made me laugh. <laughs> Joy did, so. um, you just always know he's going to like slide in some comedic relief like right at the right time. For MBG, I did Hugh Jackman. Because he's the most entertaining, <laughs> and they like Loki kind of look like I don't know. I, I can see that. Like yeah. it's giving, yeah, it's giving. And I would kill to see MBG play in The Greatest Showman. Like I had that mental image and just <laughs> <laughs> give me back my son. <laughs> oh no, that wasn't him, was it? <laughs> that was Mel Gibson. Yeah. I mean, and then Casey. Um, I actually selected Matt Damon, which is so ironic because Matt Damon and Reese Witherspoon are really, really good friends. And me and Casey are really, really good friends. And so it just kind of worked like that. I didn't know you were picking Reese for me, but it worked out. But Matt Damon's just like a good guy. He's just like a hometown supporter, loves his people. And uh, Casey just gives those vibes. So those are my three. I just think of that. Uh, what's that movie? The uh, the animated movie where he's like, I'm Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. America. Yeah, that one. <laughs> you don't remember that movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like puppets, right? Yeah. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you, we need you singing on the podcast more often, actually. <laughs> we do. Singing obscenities. That should be a bit that we do. <laughs> I'm just going to bleep it out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, MBG. Mine aren't. I don't think mine are as good as y'all's. Um, well, that's not shocking. It's like genius. Well, of I know. I know. <laughs> so I, I also went. Complimented Texas a man. That's <laughs> I also went with the mom role for Joy. So I thought I picked Wendy McClendon Covey, like the mom on the Goldbergs. Do you ever watch that show? Yeah, it's a good show. Oh, she's funny. But she's BRB have to go Google. She's she's like a feisty mom, which is kind of what Joy is. Um, for Casey, I picked Ving Rames. You know Ving Rames? He's got oh, that yeah. deep that is, voice. He's like does the Arby's commercials. That is awesome. <laughs> That's actually brilliant. He's <laughs> got that nice, deep, smooth voice. Yeah. And you look exactly alike, too. <laughs> exactly. For very similar features. <laughs> And then who's I picked Johnny Depp because, of course, I would pick a, a pirate. Uh, That's a good one. Plus, I'm good. ruggishly handsome, of course, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. And mysterious. All right. So and spend a lot of time in courtrooms. Right. <laughs> that's, very, that's good. I like that. All right, let me preface this by saying you all have to ignore the surface of these, a couple of these, because I, I tried to find the essence. <laughs> Of who you are, okay? You went deep on us. 
I did. So for Casey, Casey's, I got a good one. It took me a while. So Casey's a big dude. He's affable. Everybody loves Casey. The first guy who came to mind because he's one of my favorite actors ever was John Candy. But then I was afraid that that would sound like I was calling you fat, which I'm not. It's okay. (laughs) Is it the chin that does it? (laughs) What I came back to was Vince Vaughn, which I think is perfect for you. Like big dude, like six, five. Everybody loves Vince Vaughn, right? Like every movie is in charismatic as hell. So that's, I think I nailed Casey. It's a great one. I, mean, I, sh- I should one. have worded that differently. I think I did a good job. <laughs> We're keeping that in, by the way. <laughs> For the record, I did not nail Casey. That was, uh... <laughs> all right. MBG, I think I got you and Joy too. So MBG, deadpan delivery, which kills me every time. So, and I, I think, Somewhat looks like you, not not really, but there it's enough of a resemblance. Norm McDonald, I think, would be good for him. <laughs> I like that. And then Joy, you have to ignore the surface part because I think I captured your I'm essence scared. perfectly. It's someone who is uh southern, very opinionated, and likely was in bed by eight o'clock, and that's Blanche from the Golden Girls, Rue McClanahan. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> Blanche. This is going to be a hell of a movie. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how those three interact necessarily, but, you know. <laughs> Probably very similar to how we all react, interact right now. <laughs> all right. That was a good question. I like that, that was a great question. Thanks, Andy. All right. So that brings us to our next segment, Genius of the Week. As always, each of us is going to nominate a player, coach, team, conference, mascot, someone who did something dumb in the last week. We'll put it to a Twitter vote and see who wins. For our last vote, my nominee, Chief Saholic, got 37% of the vote. This is a close one, MBG. You came was, in second. I thought I was going to win it. I did, too. I did, too. FSU fans got 31%. Joy's nominee, Vandy voters, got 25%. I am on a roll right now. I've got 11 wins. Casey and Joy have five. MBG is still stuck on zero. This one I've had in the chamber. I've had it teed up, MBG. You're, you're 0 and 21. <laughs> this is one I didn't have to research. The 1988 Orioles <laughs> started the season with 21 straight losses, which I am very familiar with because I'm a huge O's fan. It was my first year in college back in 1988. Went through two different managers. You guys remember? Oh, a long time ago. Yeah. Early you guys remember? Either? No, it was a year. It was two years after Weaver retired. So Davy Johnson before Davy Johnson. So Cal Ripken senior, senior. went zero and six, and then Frank Robinson went zero and fifteen. Wow, before they those are some names. Yep, we're naming some guys. <laughs> All right, so we got another one lined up this week. Casey, who are you going with? I got seven percent last week. Yeah, you're. I, you should have won. To be honest with you, I, I, it must have been my someone, delivery. No, yeah, I, think names. I think names throw people off. It has to be it like, yeah. well, just, well, maybe I have to give some more context if we can in the descriptor because calling it a bomb threat, it seems like it should get you more than 7% of the vote. So. <laughs> well, speaking of names and my ability to choose names, this week, my genius of the week is Gary. Gary. <laughs> 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 
I don't know if you heard this, but Gary told everybody that Clemson was leaving the ACC, or actually he told O underscore it's underscore Jimmy Hey Hey on TigerNet <laughs> that that Clemson is going to the Big Ten. The press is embargoed with the news until three, but it's done. No other details yet. That was posted three days ago. And spoiler alert to those out there. There was a follow-up that said it's 301, and I'd like to speak to Gary in person because <laughs> uh, it didn't happen. So Gary's my genius of the week because I don't know who Gary is, but he's no fast Tom or fat fast Tom. Chad, fat Tom. All these F- <laughs> all these F words just get me all frazzled. Gary's my genius of the week. Thanks a lot, Gary, for nothing. Well, did you see the update? There was a copy of the text message that gary sent this poster that said he got cold feet (laughs) i did see that and it said that if you've worked with deals of this size you know this is pro (laughs) this is pro former so that was my favorite that's how you knew it was legit right there when you said (laughs) when he said it was pro former (laughs) oh freaking gary that that post was just brilliant though because he I just assumed Gary was someone that everyone else knew that I wasn't familiar with when he just said, well, Gary told me it's happening like tomorrow. Like, no, Gary, just Gary. Me too. I like Googled the Clemson athletic department for someone named Gary. No, no, we, we should have just gone out to fast Chad to say, who is Gary FC? You know, I do have to tell you when I would start, when I would start, when I started going to games in 1995, there was always the guy behind me, right? That guy that's like, oh, I was talking to coach this week at the barber shop, and he told me he was going to run the football a lot more. It's always like that's how I pictured Gary. Gary was like in, you know, Sardi's Den eating some ribs in downtown Clemson. Sardi's isn't in downtown. But anyway, and somebody, Gary, told him. <laughs> but Gary's been drinking there since 1 o'clock in the afternoon three weeks ago. Did uh did you All see right. that Fat Chad said there's a, a poster on the board with the handle Gary who people are now giving <laughs> crap to? <laughs> what, Gary, what the hell? All right, Joy, who do you have this week? Okay, my genius of the week is the Pac-12. As we all know, they're they're just imploding. I think it just died as we're recording. Like literally, as we're recording, it just died yes. because Arizona just announced that they're leaving. I, I think it is really something to be said when your worst program, a.k.a. Colorado, says we're leaving, and that's what causes you to fall apart. Like, when your worst program is out, like, and, and that's what causes you, like, you're just done. And I'm they're my genius of the week because they've had so many opportunities to save themselves, and they haven't. Like, they had the opportunity to expand, and then they didn't do it because USC didn't want to do it. And then four months later, USC says, hey, we're leaving. They could bring in BYU, but they won't for religious purposes. And they, I, I just, they've been given opportunity. They're like an ex-boyfriend that I gave 17 chances to. And then I finally walk away. And then they're like, why are you leaving? We were so good to you. Like, no, you actually were horrible to me. They could have taken a TV deal. Didn't. I mean, they're just, they, they Wait, shot the boyfriend or a Pac-12? This is way too specific, Joy. <laughs> <to it. laughs> Well, I'm giving details as to why they're my genius of the week because people will just be like, what? That doesn't make any sense. So the Pac-12 is my genius of the week because they're just all a bunch of – just stay on that coast. We don't want you over here. Uh, that That's possibly a winner. 
I mean, I you know I hadn't even thought about the fact that Colorado leaving, kind of being the inciting event that leads to all this. How ridiculous that is, Casey. It would be like what if like Boston College left the ACC and the ACC fell apart. Like that would be weird. That would be that weird as hell. That right? their conference. I mean, yeah, I didn't even first team. Yeah, I didn't even think about it that way. All right, MBG, is this the week? Without a without question. As soon as I <laughs> as soon as I say the name, you guys are just gonna throw in the towel. What's the name? So probably not. <laughs> Something Dutch again. <laughs> no, I'm staying away from Europeans. <laughs> I'm staying I'm staying off that continent completely. <laughs> but I am gonna go to another continent. <laughs> So, are you guys ready? I am. Are you ready? All right. I'm very ready. Deep breaths. All right. So, my genius of the week is Kahijo Aiden (laughs) Dehijo. You guys know her? Kahijo? Wait. I think I do. Is this a track? Yes. This is is (laughs) Kahijo Aiden Dahir. She's the chairwoman of the Somali Athletics Federation. You saw this news? I can't breathe. I, I heard about it. Yeah. So she's the. He had to mute himself. He's laughing so hard. <laughs> okay, this is serious business here because what she did is serious. Okay. He wants our full attention, Casey. She was the chairwoman of the Somali Athletics Federation. And apparently at the Summer World University Games in China, in the female track event, the 100 meters, she decided to let her niece run in the race. Did you see the video of this, anybody? What's the problem? I did. I did. Yeah. So I don't think the niece has ever ran a day in her life. Like she, she gets out there, like all the girls are in like their track outfits, right? That kind of looks like a swimsuit kind of. This girl's out there in like a basketball shorts with some tights <laughs> underneath and a long sleeve shirt. And they get up to the blocks and she's like looking at the other runners to see how she's supposed to stand in the blocks. Anyways, she did not fare well. Um, I think she finished eight seconds behind everybody. And she kind of just <laughs> like skipped across the finish line at the end. It was a hundred meters too. Yeah. Right. And not to be mean, but physically she didn't look like she was a track athlete uh, <laughs> or, or had participated in track a lot. So I think uh, Miss Kahijo Aiden here got suspended for that, but for letting her niece run, <laughs> run in the hundred meters, um, she's the genius of the week. You guys give I, up? I, I, gave, I gave up. I'm I give up like she gave Europe. up running. Yeah, I'm not going back to Europe, but I'm going to a different continent. <laughs> <laughs> she like skipped across the finish line too. It, the yeah. whole thing was just bizarre. It was like an SNL skit almost, right? I mean, just well, like they showed the race and like she wasn't even on the screen. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not at a hundred meter. You're not supposed to have to pan back and forth, right, to capture like. All the people who are running. No, it took her 21 seconds. I think the next to last person was like 13 seconds. I mean, think about it. Eight seconds is a long time in a 100-meter dash to lose by eight seconds. I mean, I'm old and can't see, and I might be able to beat 21 seconds. You know what I mean? Like, that, <laughs> like That's pretty bad. Oh, that's a good one. 
So mine is uh, short and pretty straightforward. I am going with former Auburn football player Robert Shiver. I don't know if you guys have read anything about this guy. He's had a, he's had a rough few months. So he filed for divorce from his wife back in April due to her alleged uh, infidelity. And then uh, last week, apparently he's loaded. He was at his mansion in Georgia with his three kids. And uh, police officials informed him that they had arrested his wife, her boyfriend, and some other jackass in the Bahamas for hatching a plan to have him killed, which that, that's got to be tough, right? So, you know, no, I don't think you really know what the best response to that is. I don't think any of us know how we'd respond to it. I feel pretty confident saying that we wouldn't respond to it the way Robert did, which was to help bail his wife out of jail or out of prison pending trial. So now she's like walking around with an ankle monitor on and free. I don't know if he got the accomplices out, but his wife's out of jail now. And, you know, like I said, short and sweet for that reason, Robert is my genius of the week. South Georgia going to South Georgia. (laughs) <laughs> like living living in their vacation home in the Bahamas pending trial. Yep. I mean, yeah, he's a bigger man than Maybe. me. I was I gonna say. That part. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know if I could bring myself to do that, but I don't know. All right, so before we get started on this week's message board post, we want to give a quick shout out to CFB Home for sponsoring the MBG podcast. You can find them on Twitter at CFB Home and online at fifthquarter.net. Also, we're doing a couple of cross promotions with other podcasts this week. The first one is with the Sickos Committee podcast. They had a new show come out this week, which was great as always. The show included some classic Sickos content, including the Edmonton Elks home loss record, Colorado's future prospects, Hawaii Rice and UNLV to the Pac-12, the 1934 Kansas State Wildcats, Pappy Waldorf, and much more. (laughs) And we're also doing a cross-promotion with the Slander You podcast. Shout out to our boy Pablo Escobarner. Uh, This week, Slander You welcomed guest Holly Anderson to discuss a number of topics, including Colorado to the Big 12, Pac-12 needs a home, realignment talk, Michigan scandals and sandwiches, and much more. So check out both those shows. We've got good friends on both shows. All right, MBG. Got some doozies lined up for us this week. Yeah, I think so. The first ones come from Auburn Board, Auburn Live. And Auburn, they had some recruiting events uh, this last week, and actually we're getting some some good recruiting news. Hugh Freeze is really doing his, his thing down there, whatever that thing is, uh, to bring in recruits. I don't know, but he's doing it again. Uh, use your imagination there. Uh, <laughs> he's doing it again. That's never a good thing with Hugh Freeze, right? <laughs> Nope. They, uh, they must have given him a cell phone back, and he is uh, on a uh, <laughs> he's on a tear. Um, so, so good news was coming across the the Auburn boards, um, which prompted some uh, these two posts. One from a Bert Bert Watts fan one two three. He said, "I'm in a movie theater about to see Oppenheimer." Only problem is I'm going to be hard, H-A-U-R-D, the whole time thinking about Bolden and Patterson in Orange and Blue. Those are two, I think, five-star recruits. Um, yep. So he's pretty excited. This was followed up by another guy named Papa Wood. And again, I'm just picking two of these out. There were several. Uh, there were a sim- bunch. <laughs> similar posts. And old Papa Woody, which is an appropriate name for this fella, he says, boy, <laughs> 
boy, my wife is loving this weekend. First time I haven't needed Viagra in a while. So what does he mean by that? I, I, I'm not quite sure, Casey. I don't know Papa Woody <laughs> real well. But you don't know him. <laughs> these two guys got excited over some recruits. Nothing says I'm an Auburn fan like having an erection during a movie about the development of a nuclear bomb. I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's just... I love their boards. They are so weird and just have no filter. And you're right. I mean, there were a bunch of posts about guys talking about their junk after, after they got these recruits. Just they get, I mean, they get now. excited for recruiting news. I mean, absolutely. Do you think they're English professors at Auburn? Like, make sure that anything with O is they interchange with AU. <laughs> anything with A is AU. Yep. I don't, uh, I don't know. Do you guys get half this excited uh, over recruiting news? <laughs> I mean, be, I mean, be on it. Be honest with us, guys. I mean, listen. Can I tell you the most exciting thing that's happened to us roster-wise in the last yes. week? And this yes. is legit exciting. So we announced yesterday. There's this guy who graduated in 2011 from UVA. Flew like fighter helicopters for the Marines is in the Darden school now and is now on the roster competing to be our starting kicker at 34 years old. So I love that. So it's not, it's not quite pulling a couple of five stars. So, so MBG, I would say that my excitement is tempered based, based on the circumstances. Except he might be a gold star. What do they call them? <laughs> Which is better than a five star. Who's a gold star. What do they call it? Death Star? What do they call those things? You, five I, Star General. He's a five star. There you go. That reminds me of like the top award in scouting. I don't know if you guys are scouters, but I always liked it. It was called the Silver Beaver. Um, <laughs> Wait, is that a real thing? Yeah, Silver Beaver. Is it's that, like, is that like above a, Eagle Scout? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to be one eager beaver to be a Silver Beaver. I have never heard of that. Well, apparently, apparently, <laughs> were, were you a silver beaver, MBG? I, I was not a silver beaver. I was nowhere near a silver beaver, but I sure would like to be able to tell somebody that I was a silver beaver. <laughs> so, Usually, my like lack of participation in one of the posts comes much later in the show. So, <laughs> I'm a little bit concerned about the post tonight. What do you have against silver beavers? Yeah. <laughs> I think we got the rough one out of the way early this time. <laughs> There's always one. Maybe we just knocked it out early. All right, let's move. So, let's. Oh, go ahead. Well, can I, I, I have one more just quick thing. So first, uh, kind of a two-parter here. Admitting that you need Viagra on a message <laughs> board is is kind of wild, right? I mean, it's just a, it's a weird thing. Well, especially if you're Papa Woody. His name is Papa right, Woody. So. Right. <laughs> It, it made me think, do you guys get targeted ads on Twitter? <laughs> like there's one that keeps, I keep getting these blue chew ads <laughs> and there's another ad that I get. So basically I don't know what I'm doing on Twitter, but the algorithm is telling me that I have erectile dysfunction and uncontrollable diarrhea. Basically. <laughs> I mean, You've been looking hey, at these, these Auburn boards too, too much probably. Yeah. 
it must be. I'm blaming going to your posts, MBG, for the the ads that I'm getting. So what does Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles say about me? Is that what you get? <laughs> oh yeah. You're too, you're in better shape than me. <laughs> I'd have to go to Twitter right now to see what I'm getting. Probably. I'm getting. I just checked on Amazon. Yeah. I literally had to mute Blue Chew because I was getting them like over and over every day. Well, who's? <laughs> Yeah. You get more excited about Virginia recruiting than you're actually telling us. <laughs> we, we, we need some five stars, obviously. Who's very excited over that 34-year-old kicker, apparently? <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Kind of move on. Same, same similar topic, but this is from the Alabama board essentially responding to the Auburn board because one of the five stars that had committed to Auburn was uh, previously committed or thought to going to commit to Alabama. So Alabama fans were up in arms about this thing. A poster named hybrid seven, seven said, my problem with this is where are the parents? Are they so freaking greedy selling their kids to the highest bidder? They don't have any integrity or teach their kids to have any. My kid wouldn't be flipping or changing a damn thing. My kid would be honoring his freaking word or getting his ever-loving butt kicked by me. A person is only worth their word if you can't be trusted or believed in. You are useless and won't amount to anything. The dude can enjoy playing the Birmingham Bowl all he wants. Don't bother me. I don't give a damn if he changes his mind. I prefer him to stay in the barn and enjoy the freaking butt whooping he is about to get from Bama the next three seasons. So he he blames it on the parents for selling their kid to Auburn. Well, they haven't instilled the values that he wants to instill in his kids, right? <laughs> Which is the importance Lord. of keeping your word, living with integrity, and threatening to kick the ever-living out of your kids. I mean, there's the three, the three pillars that this guy is living by. <laughs> this is what I love about posters because every board, if, if a kid flips a commit or transfers, they give this speech about loyalty and these kids nowadays, they're only following the money. But what he forgets is Alabama. It wasn't more than a few months ago that Alabama flipped a kid from Notre Dame to Alabama, and I'm sure he wasn't the only one. I'm sure there's several who they've flipped and have probably offered more money than the school that they came from. And they're perfectly, they're perfectly fine with that. But if someone leaves them or flips a commit to them, and all of a sudden they get this whole loyalty talk, um, it reminds well, me that's of that. Been, there's the same narrative that Alabama athletes were like being charged with like aiding and abetting and like murders and things of that nature, like. Please, let's not act like Alabama only breeds like the highest integrity athletes. It's only taken me 37 weeks, but I think that people on message boards may lack a little self-awareness. You think? I don't know. It reminds me of that Dwight Schrute speech that just, he gives in the office where he says he's going to well, go wherever they, wherever they are value loyalty the most is where he's going to go. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Did you guys see through your letterman's response to this post? It was it was very no. it was short and very to the point. He just said, I love this country so much. I thought, <laughs> I thought that was just a brilliant, a brilliant response. Because first of all, this guy says he doesn't care and then writes a whole damn essay 
about how much he doesn't care about this kid, right? <laughs> and then he, he follows the playbook. Because, you know, after you read enough of these, you can almost write some of these posts when somebody flips, right? It's always either they were scared of competition, knew they weren't going to play. That's one. Uh, the other team dropped a bag. Or we didn't want him anyway. I mean, it, it's usually some combination of those three things. And this guy, I mean, he didn't hit all of them, but he did a pretty good job of covering the bases here. Yeah, they're not a take. They're not a take for us. He wasn't a take. Yes, I love that. Not a take. We the didn't even want him anyway. Yeah, no. <laughs> we backed off recruiting like six months ago. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's going to tell you just how much he up doesn't to nine. Care. <laughs> all right this next post we're going to go somewhere we've i don't think we've ever gone before and we'll probably never go again that's the cow the cow College station no <laughs> no we might go there for the national championship game Jordan. get out of here <laughs> all right we're actually going to the cow message board did you guys know cal had a message board i did not well they do and this post we're doing it it's thursday evening so this may be a day late and a dollar short on this post <laughs> but this uh poster p-town bear one has an idea to save the pac-12 which again maybe a little bit late but he had a great idea he said forget media deals we need to sell the whole conference to the saudis klaviknov which i don't think that's really how you spell or say the pac-12 commissioner's name Klaviknov should be sent to Saudi Arabia and not allowed to return until the remaining PAC members are flush with cash. Then we can finally buy out all our dead contracts and hire some winners. I love this post for particularly because it's coming from Cal and just watching Cal associate with the Saudis would be uh, fantastic. I think like I thought the most ridiculous realignment slash conference expansion take I'd seen was a guy who is insisting that UNC and Duke are going to be a package deal to the Big 12. But the idea of folks in Berkeley aligning with the Saudis is just, that's next level. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think I told you guys about my trip to Cal, didn't I? Yes. Yeah. About the, in the trees and stuff. Is that what it yeah, was? It was like, looking at the the naked protesters hiding in the trees. <laughs> I mean, that's what we're talking about when we're talking about Cal. And then you're going to have a, them associated with the Saudis, I think would be, uh, that would be great stuff. But, I mean, that may have been the only thing that could have saved the Pac-12 at this point. So I really think that's it. He someone, had it. Someone should have listened to him. USC and UCLA might have come back for all that cash. Uh, Somebody at Cal saying they need to hire some winners is just kind of amusing too, right? Because. <laughs> I don't, I don't think it, I mean, not like we're a powerhouse, but I think we've got at least a story to history if in football as Cal does. A home and home with Cal would be riveting. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be down for that. Bring back Mike Hogwood. You say Georgia's probably playing. <laughs> Georgia's probably got him on their schedule next year. <laughs> All right, let's move off of Cal. Um, and let's let's talk Nebraska. We talked uh, earlier in another episode. We talked about Notre Dame's uh, apparel deal. They just signed with Under Armour. Remember, there was a poster that wanted them to sign with like uh, Louis Vuitton or something. Um, well, there's a Nebraska poster who's also not real thrilled with their apparel deal. Do you guys know who Nebraska has a, an apparel deal with? Puma. 
They've been Adidas for a number of years, right? Yeah, and I tried to figure out how long they'd been Adidas. I mean, I found pictures like Tommy Frazier wearing Adidas jerseys. Um, it's so back in the 90s, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It's been a long time. And according to this poster, that's pretty much been the reason for their their recent failures was Adidas. Um, Makes sense. It's, it's all Adidas' fault. And, you know, he, he has this long post. I'm not going to read it all. Uh and bore Thank everybody, you. but he talks about, he like, he lists some of the schools who have been successful recently and who their apparel deals with. And they're all with Nike and uh, prim primarily Nike. Right. And then he lists off the Adidas schools as being Arizona state, Georgia tech, Indiana, Kansas, Louisville, Miami, Mississippi state, Nebraska, North Carolina state, Rutgers, Texas A&M and Washington as as being Adidas schools. And then he says this, he says, I point that out to say this, I feel like the Adidas football uniforms make our guys look smaller. The material they use is super stretchy and designed to make it harder for guys to grab jerseys and tackle them. However, they are so tight that they make the shoulder pads and torso pads look weird. I've wondered if this also restricts their movement somewhat. Also look at the list of Adidas sponsored schools and tell me how many of have been good at football while wearing Adidas. Tennessee was horrible for years. They moved to Nike and now they're good. Texas A&M seems cursed and can't seem to get over the hump. We seem cursed and can't seem to break through. I know this sounds crazy, but I really think there's something to the trend of football programs that wear Adidas uniforms not being as good. I think the jersey tops make the guys feel less confident because they are so tight look weird, and make them look smaller. Adidas has also struggled with design of these tops and are constantly putting out outdated-looking designs. I know we stick with Adidas because the pay, they pay us well and we get more with them than we would Nike, but tell me there isn't a difference in how the uniform tops fit and how it makes the guys look smaller and more confirmed. I don't know. Just noticed it and wanted to see if you had to. Mm my favorite thing about this whole thing is that that's what leads to the lack of confidence is I mean, the look, way they listen, look. Looking smaller makes a lot of guys feel less confident MBG. So I think the guys, uh, I mean, I think he's on something here. I, I don't know. I mean, he, he makes it sound like they're wearing Spanx or something like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, Anything now I want that is excited about their recruiting is Auburn does. <laughs> but yeah, you can't do that in Spanx. And looking smaller probably wouldn't be an issue. <laughs> you know who Gucci or Louis Vuitton. Well, you know who needs a deal with Adidas then is Virginia Tech, so Brent Pry can wear some some <laughs> Adidas jeans. <laughs> Control the hog, is that what you're saying? <laughs> so did uh did you guys read the comments on this by any chance? Some no. of them. Yeah, this is why I love. I genuinely love Nebraska fans because there were a bunch of them in the comments saying, "No, no, no. The real problem is that we haven't won the Natty since we signed that deal with Pepsi back in the late '90s." So this is like there are a lot of a lot of conspiracy theories and kind of ongoing things, and there were also a ton of quote tweets where people were like, "I don't know, this guy might be on something." <laughs> It's those tight fitting jerseys. Yeah, I have a friend they, in they college. Have a lot of people who are disagreeing with them very much. My buddy in college was a big like high school football fan in South Carolina. 
And he used to come in and deadpan to us saying, man, they didn't wear their big big game jerseys tonight. And so that's why they lost. And he was serious. So people do believe this stuff, I think. Yeah. LSU fans are – they're superstitious. Like if we – like at the baseball national championship, we didn't wear gold the night that we won the World Series. But like they call it championship gold. And when we're playing for a championship, you usually wear the gold. And so a lot of LSU fans were like, well, we're not winning. Like, we're not going to win. I was really glad when we did. I was like, yeah, all y'all shut up. It's just superstitious selves. But it is a thing. Yeah, well, we wear orange britches in championship days. So I know. I know. So is Adidas what? slimming? Is that part of what he's saying? Because if so. I'm, I'm, about, right. I'm on Amazon right now just filling <laughs> yeah, my wardrobe. Say, that's I need to overhaul my wardrobe, apparently. Head on out to the Adidas outlet. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe Nebraska just needs to hire a sports psychologist to help them work through uh, these confidence issues because I think they're <laughs> right. stuck with I think they're stuck with Adidas for a while. Yeah, I think so too. All right, let's close this out. Um, and we're going to close it out with our friends from Oklahoma who <laughs> uh, they do they do not like me. Apparently, I'm not supposed to post Oklahoma stuff anymore, um, but I can't help it because there's always good stuff on here, and so. Um, this is one I actually found myself. I was looking through this thread because they're always complaining about USC. For some reason, they've got this huge rivalry with USC. They don't ever really play USC. I mean, we know why they have a rivalry with them because Lincoln Riley went there. But it's almost like an inferiority complex, and I don't understand why. I mean, Oklahoma is like a blue blood. I mean, they've yep. been successful. They're going to next year. They'll be playing in you know the best conference in the land. So I don't know why they're so um, have such a complex about this. But they do, and they were upset. There's this thread. They were up, upset about USC, and you know I see all the typical F. Lincoln Riley stuff in there. But this one jumped out at me um, because this guy, Oklahoma fan, went straight for the jugular. Um, he was done messing around with USC, and he he went right for the jugular. So he said this about USC. He said, <laughs> "F those losers. Jake Olson wasn't blind." <laughs> And that's, that's it. it. That's it. Just no con. That's like a walk off right there, right? I mean, it's just. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if he just really wanted to hurt as many people's feelings if, as he could, or if this is a legitimate conspiracy theory that Jake Olson was not blind. And so the best part about this was, well, the replies were pretty good, but the best part about this was <laughs> Jake Olson actually quote tweeted this and said, I have no comment at this time. <laughs> <laughs> he was tagged many times in that post. And for those yeah. who don't know, Jake Olson was the first legally blind football player. He was a long snapper for the University of Southern California, and he, well, he got into one play where he snapped the extra point, I mm -hmm. believe. It's a good story. But it's yeah. this thing's taken on a life of its own. Like, people are now starting to believe. I think, what was it, Outkick did an article today, like, was he really faking his blindness? Yeah, so my favorite, how they took this tweet of mine from one little post, and yeah. all of a sudden Outkick does an entire article on it. Yeah. It was actually brilliant. Did you guys see, like, his former teammate who's a kicker? <laughs> <laughs> chimed in and just said the secret is out <laughs> and, then, and then jake olson responded loose lips sink ships <laughs> <laughs> all 
I mean, I guess people just don't believe you can be blind because there's this whole hell. We thought about the Helen Keller conspiracy. Nobody believes she was blind. There's this whole movement that people don't think Stevie Wonder's blind. And now yeah. all of a sudden people don't think Jake Olson's blind. And it's a trickle oh. down, trickle down economics. <laughs> I love when you just say random crap. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, don't ask me what it means. Yeah, it's just—it's like your big word episode that we did, right? <laughs> did uh, did you guys see the video where he was playing Madden against one of his buddies, and he like scored on him, and the whole room like went crazy? I don't know if you saw yeah, that at I all. Did see like, it. That was great. People were using that and saying, "Oh, how can you play Madden?" And then the guy who he was playing against posted and said, "To be fair, this was against me, and I'm trash at Madden." <laughs> he, did have one, he did have one manual interception on a deep ball where he pressed Y with perfect timing to jump for the pick. And then this is the part that killed me for some reason. Then he said, he also told me I had pocket kings one time during poker, which I did. Take it for what you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. I mean, that's a pretty yeah. strong case. I think Jake Olson has magical powers is, is what we're figuring out here. Conspiracy theory guy is my favorite. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I love that post mainly because it got back to Jake Olson and he seemed to be pretty uh, good humored about it. Well, that and that you're in the midst of these Oklahoma fans saying that you're unfairly targeting them and then they troll a blind guy. I mean, it's <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, like, you know what? You know, you're, maybe it's deserved, you know. Maybe it's... <laughs> on brand. Can you imagine faking being blind for like twenty something years? It's insane. It's <laughs> act, I actually am like legally blind. Like technically, I'm legally blind. And I kept telling my mom when I was in school that I couldn't see the board, and she didn't believe me. For like four years, my mom let me go to school, couldn't see anything. She asked my teachers and they were like, she makes good grades. Like, she's fine. None of my teachers even thought about the fact that I sat in the desk that was like closest to the board. So my uncle was an eye doctor and I went and saw him. And like, this is years later. And he calls my mom and he's like, like, she can't see anything. This is making me question this whole story you told us about the car accident last night and who, how this car accident actually happened. <laughs> that was rude, MBG. <laughs> I see. Whereas I was going to give you a pass for failing accounting because you couldn't see. Obviously. Thank you. Who's? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> this new alliance I've got with Who's. I don't know how it formed, but it's I'm weird. I know. No, it's very I'm weird. <laughs> Like, I, mean, a, I don't know when MBG became my enemy, but apparently the <laughs> tables are reversed. I'm a joy truther. I don't think joy is legally blind. <laughs> okay. There'll be three I'll articles about, about it. it I'll tweet about it later. Okay. MBG is going to be posted about it later. <laughs> That's fine. Just make sure you tag me so I can get some followers. My thirsty self really wants to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. That's all I got. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of the MBG Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can check out more content at messageboardgeniuses.com. And we'll see you next time, losers. Uh-huh.